Thanks for joining us today with another podcast from New Hope Church. We hope that you enjoy what we have for you today and find it encouraging and uplifting. If you ever want to learn more information about New Hope Church, please visit us online at myhope.life. We'd love to get to know you. Have a wonderful day and God bless. Well, this is uh, not live. Uh, today during my message, I forgot to hit the record button. And so I really want to keep this series together. And uh, and so I am going to uh, reteach or preach uh, my message from today <clears throat> while I'm at my apartment. So it may seem a little different, sound a little different than what... Um, our podcast normally sounds, but uh, I just really want, um, I believe, I, I really believe that this message is for many people. And so I want to start off with uh, just a word of prayer before I uh, get into this. So uh, God, I pray that you would ask, that you would help me today, God, to preach this message, God, that it would bless someone's life, that it would touch someone's heart, God, that it would move in people's lives. And uh just uh, anoint me, anoint your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, and so, yeah, I uh, completely forgot. I was about um, two or three points in and realized that I did not push record. I actually didn't even have the recording device up there with me. And uh, Rochelle, I told her not to record it. And so here we are doing this over again and I'm okay with it because this was an exciting message and so the one thing I want to convey is my excitement for the book of Acts. Uh, this is the most I have ever uh, personally studied the book of Acts and uh, sharing this with people. Um, the, the book of Acts contains the power for people to change and so let's, uh, let's recap um, this is our first, our, our third message that I'm uh, presenting on the uh, on the series. Uh, this is that, um, and this message is titled "Is This Worth It?" Um, our first week was the first message to the church, and that covered Acts chapter one and two. Um, it says we are called to be witnesses. In, in Acts 1 and 8, it says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and all Judea and in Samaria <clears throat> and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when I preached that message um, a couple of weeks ago, I, I, I talked about how we would be considered the uttermost part of the earth. Um, in that day, we were a long ways away from uh, Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria. But this message, this message that um, was preached in Acts chapters 1 and 2 is, is, is exactly what we need today. And so Peter, in Acts chapter 2, gets up and begins to preach um, to those that um, are uh, those people uh, that began to call the first church drunk. Um, and in verses 13, it says, Others mocking said, These men are full of new wine. 
And this is Acts chapter 2, verse 13 through 16. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken unto my word. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. We truly believe that what we believe in the book of Acts is still for today. And so this message is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. What we're reading here in Acts, this is for today. This is for um, God's people now. And, and if you want to have power in your life, Acts chapter 1 and 2 begins to lay out how to have power. Acts chapter 1 says, but ye shall receive power after that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you will be witnesses. So power to be witnesses, power to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, power to, to cast out demons. That, that is what Acts chapter 1 is talking about. And then Acts chapter 2 lays out what we are to do. Um, repent. Uh, Peter preaches in Acts chapter 2, stands up with boldness and begins to preach and, and, and preaches Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And 39 says, for the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So week two, we talked, who is this for? And uh, the, the, the idea was who was who, who is the book of Acts for? Who is, who, what, what is the Holy Spirit for? Who, who is that for? And what we see here on Acts chapter 30, in Acts chapter 2, verse 39, that the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. We, we, we learned last week about how God reaches for the lame man how God reaches for the outcast and those that are undeserving. And God has, and we, and we read in Acts chapter 10 uh, uh, about how, what God said, when God said, what I've made clean, don't call it common. What's been made clean is no longer dirty when God touches, when God moves. It's no longer the same thing. It's It's been changed. It's been transformed. So there's no one that can hold you back. Only yourself. If, if, if God begins to move in your life and begins to do a work, the only thing that can stop you is yourself. You have God moving inside of you. Don't You've got to allow God to move and transform you and shape you into what he needs you to be. Don't stop the moving of God in your life, but allow God to change you and transform you. When people begin to speak negative of you like they did, and uh, uh, these are drunk as you suppose, you know, don't allow people to speak that negativity to you because you are a child of the King, a child of the Most High. God has changed you and transformed you. Acts chapter 10, um, verses 14 through 15, uh, kind of gets into the story of where Peter goes up and this is what we preached last week, um, uh, how Peter goes up and he begins to, uh, how he begins to, he's praying and he's, he's seeking God and God lets down a sheet. He gets into a trance and he gets hungry and, and God lets down a sheet with the animals that he could not eat. And so Peter said, um, in verse 14, but Peter said, not so Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. 
And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. What God has made clean is no longer common. What God has changed is no longer the same. When God moves and transforms your life, uh, it, it began to set the precedent because Cornelius then, he, we see that this movement, this this vision that Peter sees, it, it, it was a representation of what he was about to witness when he went in to preach to Cornelius in his house and they all began to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost and were baptized in, in, in the name of Jesus. And and right then when they began to see it, they, they said, oh, we have to do this. And this set the precedent of the filling of God's spirit, not to be just with the Jews, but to be with all the Gentiles. And I believe that God is still pouring out that spirit today. This is that what was spoken of by the prophet Joel, that in the last days, he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. If you believe that these are the last days, then you have to believe that the prophet Joel was correct in saying God would continue to pour out his spirit. It wasn't just for the book of Acts, but it was for today. It was for what we believe. And um, so let's, let's begin to look at what we found this week. In Acts chapter 11, we begin to see Peter criticized for going to the Gentiles and just even being around them. Acts chapter 11, uh, verses 2 through 3, it says, So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcision party criticized him, saying, You went to the uncircumcised men and ate with them. So Peter then begins to explain how God showed up. And how he was made clean. What what is made clean by God is we are not to call common. And, and in in this moment, in this time, the people are saying you were wrong in what you did. But he begins to give the what God has said. And in verse eighteen, it says, "When they heard these things, they fell silent." And they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also, God has granted repentance that leads to life. It's important to have repentance in our life. There is power in the Word of God. And, and, and when we begin to pray the Word of God, when we begin to read the Word of God, it changes our lives because we're beginning to hear the things that bring life. And that is, we can live life more abundantly through this um, gift that God has for us. Acts 11 verse 26 says, And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch for a whole year. They met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. And I wanted to present that scripture because I believe it's powerful to see this is the first church. They were called Christians. There was a specific reason why they were called Christians because they were following Christ. But they were also endued with power from on high. So if we want to live like the disciples, then we have got to follow in what they did and what they believed. And this is that. When we preach the book of Acts, it is saying this right here is still for the church today. This gift is for you. So Acts chapter uh, 12, the devil has always 
had a desire to bind what God wants to do. If he can bring you down, if he can keep you in bondage, he's going to do that the most that he can because his desire is to divide, is to, his desire is to stop the move of God. So if you have doubt in your life about any of these messages being for you, then it, it may be that the enemy is already planting a seed in your mind and you've got to have that power inside of you that says no. I rebuke that in Jesus' name because there is power in the name of Jesus. So Peter goes to prison. In Acts chapter 12, verse uh, 5, it says, So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And I'm going to stop right there for just a moment. I want you to realize something. Before God's God's voice happened with uh, Peter, with the sheet and everything, he was praying. When the uh, church first received the Holy Ghost, they were all in one mind and one accord. They were praying and seeking God. We see here that the church was in earnest prayer. And then something happened. Acts chapter 2 says they were all in one mind and one accord. And and then there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. If you want to have that wind in your life, if you want to have that life in your life, if you want to have that that, that move of God, that, that changing force inside of you, you're going to have to spend some time in prayer. You're going to have to change your relationship with what you've got. It can't just be a Sunday relationship. You've got to have a prayer life with God. You've got to seek Him and love Him and familiarize yourself with that voice. If you want to see God do things, like we see here in Acts chapter 12, let me continue reading, then you have to have earnest prayer in your life. And behold, in verse 7, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up saying, get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, dress yourself and put on your sandals. And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And he did not know that what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Think about this for a moment. The church is in earnest prayer. And then an angel comes. The church is in earnest prayer, and then a light shines down on Peter. The church is in earnest prayer, and then the angel strikes him on the side, and the bonds fall off of him. When the church gets into earnest prayer to God, bonds begin to fall. Chains begin to break. Life begins to be birthed. Promises begin to come to pass. I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. I'm thankful for what he did on Calvary, because it's that moment on Calvary that broke chains of addiction for me, that broke things that, 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 that only he could do. I don't have to live by the labels of society because Jesus Christ is the label that is on my life. And so he didn't believe what was happening. He, he couldn't believe what he was seeing. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them on its own accord. And they went out and went along the street and immediately 
immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all the Jewish people were expecting. There is power in prayer. When earnest prayer was made, doors swung open. You got to wonder sometimes why some of the doors in your life have slammed in your face and things have stopped. Maybe it's because there is no earnest prayer in your life. Maybe it's time to rekindle that relationship with Jesus Christ and spend some time in prayer. If you don't pray at all, I would challenge you to take a five-minute challenge where you pray five minutes a day. Better yet, seven days a week, seven minutes, and seven minutes of Bible reading. Try that. Seven minutes of Bible reading, seven minutes of, of, of prayer, and seven days a week. Give it a try and see. I would challenge you. Your life will be changed. But you have to note that anytime God begins to move and ch change, it's all tied to prayer. It's all tied to fasting. We have got to have a desire to have a relationship that's deeper than Sunday morning or even Bible study. It's got to be something more. We have to familiarize ourselves with that voice. For there to be communication, there must first be consecration. We've got to consecrate ourselves before God so that we can hear that voice. There must be sacrifice in our lives. Acts chapter 14, 1 through 4 says, Now at Iconium, they entered together into the Jewish synagogue and spoke in such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Now when you begin to read Acts, you'll see that there are things that happen in the early church that are still happening today. They begin to poison the minds against the brothers. That's just like the devil. He wants to divide. He wants there to be bitterness. He wants there to be anger. He wants there to be strife. God is not the author of confusion. That's the devil. And so we've got to recognize things in our life. Is, is What is going on? Is this of God or is this of someone else? Is this a, a, another spirit that's moving? And so um, I think seeing this scripture here, how the how the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. We have got to spend and we've got to check. When people begin to say things, I have got to check it with the word of God. If it does not line up with the word of God and the spirit of God, then there is something wrong with what is being said and it can poison our minds. And so we've got to make sure that what is being said is of God and not of man. So but the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. Verse 3, so they remained for a long time speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. But the people of the city were divided. Some sided with the Jews and some with the apostles. The easiest thing that the devil can do to stop the church is to divide the church. We must remain in one mind and one accord. We, we can't all just do our own thing. We've got to follow what God wants. Um, uh, just a brief thing about me. So I said something in church today 
it wasn't exactly funny, but like <laughs> I was struggling with reading a scripture and uh, it, it brought up a thought in my mind. And before I continue on with Acts chapter 15, I wanted to share this on the podcast as well. But um, just so you know, when you come to church, it is absolutely okay for you to laugh. Um, I, uh, if it's something funny, it's okay for you to laugh. (laughs) Let me clarify that. Um, and so I kind of went on and was like, you know, sometimes I, uh, I say some things that are, that are just, sometimes I just say dumb things. And, uh, if you could just humor me by laughing for a moment, um, that, that just makes everything easier. And so, I just want you to know, like, when you come to church, you don't have to feel uptight. You, you don't have to feel pressured. I want you to feel relaxed and and entertain the presence of God. We're not there to entertain. You already know that me and my wife are not the greatest singers or musicians, but we're working on that. Um, uh, working on getting some help maybe to come and, and sing with us and stuff. And and so uh, I got you, you've got to remember that a purpose of a Christian is to have joy. And so in jo- in church, it's okay to have some joy and express it. It's okay when I, I sometimes will amen myself because the, 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 what I'm preaching is like, whoo, <laughs> I didn't realize that. <laughs> there has been many times that while I'm preaching, God begins to reveal things to me and I didn't realize it. And I had something happen today that I'm going to share with you in this message that I am excited to uh, re-preach again because it is powerful. Um, as soon as church was over, I called my mom and had to tell her. So just just for note, when you come to church, feel comfortable. Feel feel okay to lift your hands. Feel okay to, to worship. It says in Psalms uh, 150, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. And so when we come to church, it's there's a purpose for praise. And and and, and I will get into that here in just a minute. I'm getting ahead of my notes. Um, but in a moment, we'll touch more on praise and why we believe in that. <clears throat> in Acts chapter 15, 22 through 24, it says, Then it seemed good to the apostles and elders with the whole church to choose men from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas called Barsabbas and Silas and leading men among the brothers with the following letter the brothers both the apostles and the elders to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Cilicia greetings since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with words unsettling your minds although we gave them no instruction we've got to work together We've got to be one mind and one accord. And the words that come from our mouths have got to speak life, have got to speak love. We've got to love our neighbor. We've got to care for the people around us. Every single person that comes into your life is there for a reason. It may be to help you or it may be to teach you. What are you going to do with it? But no one, every single person has a purpose in your life. And so... We can't tear each other up and down, but rather we must lift each other up. They, they, they had troubled them with words unsettling your unsettling their minds. Now, if you want fuller understanding as to what that is and some of that, read Acts chapter fifteen, 
And at this point, I want you to be perfectly clear that if reading the book of Acts causes questions for you, ask them. I would love to answer them. If you've got questions on on what the Holy Ghost is or um, what baptism is or any of those types of things, just ask. We would love to answer. There is no question that is that is not uh, um, appropriate, is not that is not good. Every question is learning, and it kind of goes back to what we learned about last week with the the eunuch. When the eunuch began to say to Philip, "I don't know what I'm reading," unless a man explain it to me. And Philip jumps up in the chariot and begins to explain what he is reading. And then Philip preaches Jesus and the eunuch sees the importance and is baptized. He sees water and says, what doth hinder me to be baptized right now? So there is an important thing, there's an important thing here that Acts really places a heavy emphasis on baptism. The message this week is called, Is This Worth It? And that's the question that I'm asking you for today. We've read some uh, about some exciting things that have happened in the book of Acts. We've read about the miracles. We've, we've read about how God's spirit has been poured out. We've read about baptism. And, and now I want to bring your attention to some things that also the first church faced. There was some, th- some sorrowful things. Stephen being stoned and killed. Peter being jailed. The first church was hated and they tried to destroy the first church. And so I present to you that, that if you want to have an experience like the first church, there's going to be some things that you have to change. There's going to have to be some things that, that, that you put aside. And so it's and the, and the I'm sorry. This is one of those times when you need to laugh because my, my mouth got all mixed up. <laughs> um, again, I bring you a story of sacrifice. The disciples rejoiced that they were counted worthy to suffer for the name. Acts chapter 5 and verse 41 says, Then, then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. Let me ask you, are you willing to sacrifice? If you want to experience, have experiences like the first church, you have got to act like the first church. If you want to see great things in your life, you have got to pray like the first church. Any time that we look at this, we see that there is prayer coupled with God moving. If you want to see God move in your life, there must be something prayerful. I want, I want you to check this out in Acts chapter 16. This is where we really draw our attention, and this is my final group of scriptures this is where we want to draw our attention for this week in in seeing the sacrifice and what God has done and, and how mighty he is. And this is where that praise comes in. This is where we have to worship God. But check this out in Acts chapter 16, verses 16 through 24. It says, as we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and us, crying out, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim you, who proclaim to you the way of salvation. They were presenting the way of salvation. And the devil knew it, and so he was trying to destroy it. In verse 18, and this she kept doing for many days. And this part is, is great. Paul, having become greatly annoyed. This is where 
it gives instructions on how to cast out spirits, how to cast out the working of the devil in people's lives. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out that very hour. That right there is power in that name. We do everything in the name of Jesus Christ. He casts out that devil. And the same thing is true to us. We must do the same thing in our life. If that doubt is in your mind, if those things come up and begin to oppress you and bring you down, it's time to say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus Christ. It's so much, there is so much power in the name of Jesus. And to tap into that is to read the book of Acts, to have anointing in our life is to follow what the disciples did, is to follow what they did in the book of Acts. And we will see changes happen. Let's look at verse 19. But when her owners saw that their hope of gain was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragging, and dragged them into the marketplace before the rulers. And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, these men are Jews and they are disturbing our city. Think about that for just a moment. When God begins to move, there's going to be some disturbing that happens. The enemy is not going to be happy when God begins to move. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. The crowd joined in in attacking them and the magistrates tore the garments off them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. Think about this for a moment. They were out doing the work of God. They were out preaching the message of salvation, the plan of salvation. And then all of a sudden, they are now found in bondage, bound by foot and, and, and stuck in not just any old prison cell, but the innermost part of the prison, in the deepest, darkest place, in the most secure place. But there is something powerful that happens at about midnight. There's something about the middle of the night. There's something about the middle of your trial when you begin to praise God and begin to do something. Oh, but at the middle of midnight, they began to give, give God praise. And it says in Acts chapter 25, in Acts chapter 16, verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. There is power when you worship God. That's why I say it's okay to lift your hands. That's why I say it's okay to clap. That's why That's why I encourage you to worship God. Amen. Get behind when the preacher's preaching. Go ahead and be excited. Let there be joy that overflows in your life because your joy isn't just going to affect you. It's going to affect other people's. Yeah, I have a sacrifice that I'm going on, but right now I'm going to worship the Most High. I want you to pay attention to a couple of stories that we talked about over the past couple of weeks and and how Moses was born it, when Pharaoh rose up and did, didn't know Joseph he began to the, he saw that the children of Israel there was a lot of them and so he began to uh, destroy those those male Hebrew children and the same thing happens uh, with with Jesus when he's born King Herod um, he uh, he doesn't want to see the king of kings and and so he he, he tries to destroy all the firstborn or all the, all the male babies that are born in that period to stop what God is going to do. 
But in both instances, the promise is birthed. In, mo in both instances, change begins to take place. In the middle of your trial, in the middle of what you're going through, you have to hold fast that God is birthing the promise in you. You've got to hold to the promises that he's made for you, the promises that he's got for you, that he's going to do them, that God does not lie. But at about midnight, Paul and Silas are praising and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners are listening. There's people listening to what you're doing. And suddenly... Notice, again, we see praying, we see singing hymns, we see praising, and suddenly, here it is again, coupled with moves of God is coupled with prayer. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's bonds were unfastened. Now think about this for a moment. When you begin to worship God, it does not just shake your foundation. It begins to shake the foundation of others. The bonds that are on you can be broken, but also on the people that surround you. When you begin to worship God, it changes people's lives. It begins to transform those people that are around you, your family, your friends, because they see something different in you and they notice something different in you. So you begin to praise God. You begin to worship God in the middle of whatever you're going through and see God begin to do something that doesn't just affect you, but affects others. In verse 27, it says, when the jailer woke and saw that the prisoners, the prison doors were open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself, supposing that the prisoners had escaped. But Paul cried with a loud voice, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. And the jailer called for lights and rushed in, trembling with fear. He fell down before Paul and Silas. There is power in your praise that doesn't just loose the doors and the gates and the prisoners of the people that are surrounded you, the people that are in bondage around you. It doesn't do that, but those that have oppressed you, those that have put you down, those that have tried to tear you up for what you believe, it begins to change them too. Think about what God did in this story and how it applies to our lives very much so in that we have got to praise him so that we see it. And it's worth it. I promise you, when you praise God, it's worth it to see it change. We, Why do we encourage worship? Because that worship that you give will affect someone else. In every aspect of life, I have got to look at what God has done and what God will do. He is faithful and just to bring us through it. When you, when you begin to praise, the foundation of someone else is shaken. There's power in that. I will worship God for others too, not just myself. The jailer had to know after this incident what he had to do to be a part of this God. In Acts chapter 16, 30 through 33, it says, Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all that who were in his house. And he took them that same hour of the night and washed their wounds. And he was baptized at once, he and his all his family. 
Look again the emphasis that Acts places on baptism. In Acts chapter 2 verse 38, which was the message of the Lord, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is what was being preached here. And he sees it and he says, I must be baptized, me and my family. So notice again how the individual sees the revelation and takes part in the revelation and says, I have to be, I have to follow this. The praise of Paul and Silas had long-lasting effects on the individual life, on individual lives. That jailer was life was changed because they chose to worship rather than to be let down. They chose to worship rather than to put down. They chose to lift up the most high rather than to be angry at the most high. You see, is this sacrifice worth it? Absolutely. I love my God. I will follow him wherever he leads me. Will there be trials? Yes. The Bible says that the rain falls on the just and the unjust. Yes, the enemy will come and try and tear you down. You better believe it. But Acts 1 and 8 says, it's the most encouragement that I can have, that I can give you, that says to keep on going, but you will receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Do you want this power that is spoken of in God's word? I want that power, power to be a witness, power to be an overcomer, power to put the devil in his place, power to tread on the enemy, power to live life to the fullest, power to see moves of God in others' lives, not just my own, but those that surround me, those that are in my life. Uh, I want to see God move. So is this sacrifice worth having? Yes, it is. I wouldn't trade it for the world. I am so thankful for what God has done in my life, for what he's allowed me to go through. And I wouldn't change it because I believe the experiences that I have are going to touch someone else's life. I will be able to point someone to Jesus because of what I have gone through. Allow God to begin to work in you and through you. I'm so thankful for Jesus. Why don't you take a moment right now and just begin to worship him. Maybe that just it means you lift your hands right now and just say, God, I need you. Oh God, I need you to move in my life. God, I need you to touch me. In Jesus' name, God, I pray that you would begin to work in people's lives, that you would begin to change and transform people's lives, that you would take us to a place we've never been in you, God, that we would learn the heart of worship, the, art, the heart of sacrifice, sacrifice, God, that we would love you and worship you like we've never done before. God, take us deeper than we've ever been before. I want you to know that praying does not always, you, you, you don't have to pray beautiful prayers. Think about your relationship with your significant other. You may have rehearsed your conversation the first time you met, but now when you get together, you just talk off the cuff whatever's going on. Talk to God as if he's your best friend. He's the best thing that's ever happened to us. I'm so thankful for my relationship with him. That's what prayer is. You don't have to have the most perfect prayers. You don't have to have the most beautiful prayer. If you've heard me pray, you know that I'm not a good prayer and I'm not a good singer. I'm about as good at praying as I am singing. But I have learned that when I lift my voice... It shakes the enemy's foundation because I create an atmosphere where God can move. Look at, look at Paul and Silas there for just a moment. Paul and Silas begin to sing praises to God. There is power 
And when we sing praises to God, he begins to move because we created an atmosphere. Just like when you went to uh, meet your significant other for the first time, you created an atmosphere so that they could, they would like you. You created an atmosphere so that they would be, they would want to see you again. You created an atmosphere so they want to talk to you again. It's the same thing with Jesus Christ. When you create an atmosphere, he wants to be around you. When you create an atmosphere of worship, he wants to move in you and through you. But you must first create that atmosphere. If you don't have the atmosphere, God is not going to move in your life until you begin to do some things and make some time for him and carve out this space and say, God, this is for you. I'm going to do this for you. I know this wasn't live and I'll be honest. I recorded it once the first time. Uh, my batteries died. Um, and then I had to like go back and find out where my battery died and re redo this uh, lesson a third time over that part. And so this has been um, a trying message to get onto the podcast, but I, I truly believe that this message is going to bless someone's life, that it's going to touch people's lives. Because if we can get a hold of that power that is in Acts, if we could get a hold of what, what is there and what the first church believed and did, it would change our lives. I'm telling you, it has changed my life. If you're looking for some things to that, that, that can transform who you are and give you joy unspeakable, this right here has that ability. I want to thank you for, for listening, for, um, for, for taking the time to listen to this. And uh, I just pray that God would touch you throughout the week and that God would move in your life. Um, sorry again that I didn't record it during church. But hopefully this will never happen again because this was a lot of work to make this happen. So have an awesome week and God bless.